This call may be recorded or transcribed. Hello, my father. Oh, hi, Ernie. How are you? Oh, doing okay. It's been a busy couple of days. Oh, good. Okay. Busy is good. <laughs> I was at a, a conference in um, Richmond, California yesterday, and so that was a long day. It was fun. Interesting group of people and micro-mobility, it, it was sort of weekly connected to work. My boss kind of let me go. Um, okay. But uh, it's interesting because it's about uh, micro-mobility, which is a new technology and business model for transportation that's uh, changing a lot of things. So not entirely unrelated to the topic of this book. Okay. Uh, Around the band, right? Because it's about uh, the early days of the uh, aviation industry, right? Where it's, you know, planes have been around, but they, you know, they started the book of their novelties, right? People see air shows. Apparently, I I don't know if I told you this, but I looked up there was a real guy. Yeah, you told me that. Yeah. Yeah. I think you sent this picture to me. Yeah. 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 Uh, Yeah. yeah, And actually, a friend of Neville Shoots at that. And so, oh, I didn't know that he was a friend of Neville Shute. Okay. No, I think he actually was a partner in his um, uh, the, the aircraft company, the aircraft company that oh. uh, Neville Shute founded. And oh, he, oh, he founded a, Oh, I didn't know that either. Neville Shute founded. A, um, do yeah. you do you remember Jim May? Jim May. Do you yes. know Jim May? Yeah. yeah. Jim May was a pilot. He was an Air Force pilot. Mm. Oh in wow! Former okay. life. Yeah, then they came and he's real estate here. But uh, so we are exercising together, and then I asked him. Uh, then I told him about Neville Shoot. He may enjoy it because it's all about airplanes and stuff like that. So yeah, who knows? He may read yeah, it. So, so. Yeah, good for him. The um, interesting thing is that the um, you know so the plane start airplanes start out as kind of a novelty, right? The, the circuses. Right, and as sort of a toy, and yeah. then later they became a military item, and then really only after that, in this stage, really, uh, you know, freight is yeah, probably this is mainly freight. Freight, yeah. Right, yeah. It wasn't really a um, consumer thing; it was a business-to-business right. sort of thing. Right. Yeah. What's interesting is that the scooters definitely started out as a uh, recreational thing, a novelty. And what's interesting is that, you know, a lot of this, what's interesting is that because there was such a big interest in scooters in Santa Monica, they created this massive uh, investment boom. And so that's one of the interesting things. You know, a lot of the drama in this book is about his need to get capital to build his business. And that's, you know, the crisis of the moment is that in order to buy this airplane, who's trying to figure out how to get money. Yeah. And uh, the local sheik who doesn't like the idea of Shacklin having to get usury or having to pay yeah. usurious interest to non-believers. And so, um, you know, the... Uh, so anyway... Um, yeah, he gives the loan. Yeah, he goes into interest. Right, the, 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 sheik, the sheik sort of almost insists on 
giving him this interest-free loan, which causes all yeah. sorts of scandals in the British quarter. Uh, the, yeah, which, which is kind of the, blindsided, kind of blindsided Cutter, Tom Cutter. Yeah. He didn't expect that at all. Yeah. Yeah. And, no and, if you look at it, you know, objectively, it's no business of uh, the British Regency, uh, you know, where he got the money. Uh, it makes good business sense, get it from a, a friend or, or a mentor or a supporter, then pay a lot of interest. It doesn't make sense. So, so, so uh, this is a good this is a good place to uh, mm. talk about this t this word objectively. <laughs> mm. yeah. Is it anyone, right? Because mm. uh, what does objectively mean? From the outside, basically, I'm looking at it from the outside without any stake in it. I'm so, not involved okay, in this so, decision, so yeah. So, well, the question so is that if, if, from an outside perspective, does anything matter? No, I, uh, you can understand it differently, right? When they're personally involved, there's a lot of other forces there. Well, sure, but I mean, but what, but what is even? But objectively, does that, I mean seriously? Literally, if you are outside, if you're totally mm. outside this system and have no stake in anything, does anything matter? Mm. Yeah, you're right? able to explain things. You're able to explain things, understand things, how things go. Or, well, without well, I mean, being but, colored but, by. Yeah. But I mean, well, well, so this is so this is an interesting word. Uh, I have mm. a great deal of difficulty with the word objectively mm. uh, because I can understand that from a purely business perspective, it makes a lot of sense. I could understand from Tom Cutter's perspective. I can understand how it looks like from Shocklin's perspective or the Sheik's perspective. Um, um, but, you know, uh, well, from the I, I'm regency not sure. perspective, from the regency perspective. Right. Yeah, so regency, I think I can. Yeah, so we are taking sides here when you're objectively evaluating it. To me, the regency's perspective doesn't seem to be the right one. So which perspective so, so, do you consider the objective perspective? Well, my perspective. Objective perspective. Okay. My perspective. <laughs> is my perspective. From my point of view. My point of view. Uh, their uh, behavior is not right, whereas Tom Cutter's behavior seems reasonable to me. And Shacklin is basically on the sidelines here. He doesn't really have a perspective. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, we don't hear his perspective, but you mean the? Um, I, I'm curious. We don't really know. Uh, why did Shacklin mention his boss? Was looking to raise money. Was he just, you know, it, it it is an odd question. We don't know. We were not in on that that conversation because um, that point comes up again here. Um, he mentioned that he's been getting another uh, plane, and they asked him, "So how is he going to get the money?" So, so he probably explained he's going to get it from the banks in England. So mm -hmm. that's how probably well we don't know we don't know the conversation that happened, yeah. but somehow so they found so, out. Somehow they found out. So both the wazir and uh, the sheikh found out, and they felt that it was not proper, and right. they offered to help. Yeah. 
So, and from their point of view, that's the right thing to do. Right. So that from their life, their interests, the things they care about, we don't, in our culture, have a problem with uh, interests, especially businesses. Right, there's a little more qualms about how uh, issues of what's a fair interest rate to charge a consumer, and, you know, biblical laws about you know not taking away a man's cloak even if he's using it as safety and things like that. But certainly from a yeah. business perspective, we don't really have an issue with like, hey, I'm going to let this money that you're going to use to make more money and you're going to give me a cut. What an investment is, right? And so. Um, but you're saying you can see from the sheikh's perspective, you know, his culture, his values, the things that are important to him, avoiding interest, uh, you know, kind of avoiding dirty money or Tom Cutter's perspective, outside money. You can see how that's a good thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to look at the uh, the client's perspective. You know, the company that's paying this airplane effectively. He says, well, you know, we're giving all this money to the sheik, which he's pretty much just doing whatever he wants with it. And he's just sitting there collecting the money because he happens to own this land. It, 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 it seems reasonable, not just, you know, it seems like only fair that he should use some of that money to help sponsor the businesses that help them do this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he is a positive thing. So what yeah. is it about the uh, residency's perspective that you find invalid or disagreeable? Because what they are doing is the right thing to do and they, the, the residency is looking at it from a totally jaundiced point of view. I think some are maybe really? racial, maybe, maybe racial, maybe um, uh, just to prove their authority. How can he do it without asking us permission from us? That type of thing. Interesting. So that's one way of yeah. fascinating. Yeah. So let me give you yeah, the the, uh, mm. the 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 counter perspective. Like say yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Were, so this is the um, so what the residency said is that like like say okay let's let's make a, a, a more interesting uh, case. Uh, you're a uh, let me choose an American. Like say I'm the American governor of. Um, for the American representative in some African country, right? And for and I'm going to give a million dollars to a country for aid, and it's supposed to be going for them to help build up buildings and hospitals and the people. And then suppose some uh, British entrepreneur comes in and says, "Hey, I'm going to really." Um, I'm going to do a lot of work for these aid companies, um, and you hear I hear that this British entrepreneur sweet talked uh, a local king to give a big pile of cash to finance his private business when I thought the money was going to be used to build up the local economy. Uh, wouldn't I have a right? Would you agree that in that role I would have a um, almost a fiduciary duty to investigate to see what was going on. Okay, can I explain the flaw in your analogy? 
all the British corporations come in and do whatever they want and strike whatever deals they want with the king and the queen, and let's just pull out and not have any oversight whatsoever. I don't want to argue with you, Ernie. If you think that's justifiable, go ahead. No, 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 uh, I, I don't agree with you. And I have that? every right not to agree with that. They can do whatever they want, but I don't have to agree with that. Okay, what's do you? Let me, let me put it this way. Okay, okay, let's. Okay, let me choose a worst case. They're they're in an advisory capacity, not an enforcement ah. capacity. They could have gone to the shade well, and said, "Why did you give the money?" They didn't. Sorry. They're forcing this guy. Let me ask you another kid. Let, let me create. Let's let's say Tom Cutter had a. Um, so let's let's choose a different uh, regency nearby. Let's call it Qatar for heaven's sake. For sake, okay. And say there was uh, Tom Cutter's evil cousin. Let's call him Joe Cutter just for fun, right? And Joe Cutter was gonna see, was envious of his cousin and wanted to kind of on the sly uh, build up a business in Qatar. And he didn't have any money, but he had, um, um, he was a really slick salesman type. And he goes and he spins a, um, a tale to the sheep about who's gonna make all this money and do all these things. And he gets the sheik to give him a million dollars that he spends on, you know, Saudi aircraft and is doing a, and isn't actually, he just pockets most of the money and just uses the dribbles of it to uh, put on a facade of actually creating business. Would that be something that the Regency should investigate? They can investigate, but here they're not investigating. They're enforcing well, something. Whereas, well, okay. what, if I was the regency officer, if I was really interested okay. in the welfare of the sheik, I would have gone to the sheik. Say, as your friend and advisor, this is my advice to you. Don't give the money to that guy. That's what That's I would have done. And even that, that's an advisory capacity. And, and so from, so from, from what it's his money. So you can advise okay, so here's, Right, so here's the thing, then. Yeah. Here, here's an interesting question. There's a bunch of, uh, okay, so, let me understand what I'm hearing you say. If a British con man showed up in this area and started scamming the local population, um, that British Regency should try to warn people to do something, but they don't have the right to tell the British citizens to stop doing it. Is that what I'm hearing is your understanding of the sovereignty in the situation? See, that's, the, that's exactly what the problem is. That's what, exactly what they're doing. Uh, you, you are giving a hypothetical situation, but here, without yes. knowing anything about what happened, they came and told this guy to do certain things because they were British subjects. They didn't investigate it. They didn't, well, but, no, well, so, so why didn't they get investigated? No, come on. It's basically, okay. you, as you read the story later on, you'll find out how it should have been done. Okay? They, they, they didn't do it right. They, they just wanted as any other bureaucrat. They just want to say, uh, I'm in charge here. You cannot do anything without my permission, and I'm not going to give you permission. I've been in the situation several times. So 
uh, you can say lot with 
as you may know, is this question of the knowledge of good and evil. And so the, the question of whether something is right or wrong, I often find to be a not terribly useful question. It's very convenient when we can divide up the world like that. But look, for example, you know, it's easy for us to look at the residents and say, oh, these people looked at the superficial facts of the situation and made a snap judgment about what was right and wrong and got emotionally attached to that judgment and refused to reevaluate their perspective or look at it any other way. If I was going to make a snap judgment, what I would say that the residency did wrong is they looked at a few facts about the situation, it triggered a visceral reaction on that part, and they turned that into a snap judgment which they became emotionally involved in justifying. I agree with that statement, yes. Okay, and so I was thinking, okay, I could judge them for that, or I will do for them what they failed to do for Tom. And say, oh, maybe I don't have all the facts, Maybe there's a different way of looking at it, and maybe I should have a bit more empathy and compassion to see if I can understand it from another point of view. What is that point of view? That's the interesting question, isn't it? Right? And that no, means the whole thing of those. You tell me. Okay. You tell me, Ernie. What is the point know. of view? So, okay, I know so the point imagine of view. The, okay, sorry, which one do you know? These people are bureaucrats. These people are bureaucrats exercising their authority just to be spiteful. Okay. They did not so investigate it properly. And in this story, I'm not and, talking about hypothetical situation. I'm talking about this so story. So this is exactly so what the British you, did in India. British did this in India all okay. the time. So yeah. you see this fitting a template that you saw elsewhere, which you yeah. which you know from personal experience was horribly unjust. Okay. I can imagine, yeah. uh, and so you're assuming they're doing this purely to be spiteful, because they can. Yeah, because of the rest of the story, when you read later on, you find out the different way to deal with it. So, what's interesting, okay. Hmm. So, well, I have the advantage of knowing that. You don't have the advantage of knowing that. Thank you. So, anyway. So, this one's not so friendly. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Frolic is getting ambushed by some college students, it looks like. <laughs> He's very happy. We must go. Quinn is occasionally curious, but he will occasionally get angry at people, so I can't right. let him be as nice. So what's interesting okay. is that I can imagine a scenario, okay, where uh, this guy came from a previous posting. Uh, Danny, you are looking at all these things. We are discussing this book. 
but but here's the thing that's funny, Dad. Is that why are you going to say we wish things that the guy you don't know that you are just doing hypothesizing? I don't understand this. Well, yes, but here's the thing, Dad. This is what's fascinating to me, and this is actually why? very important to me. Why? why? Because I feel like this a lot in my life, and actually I feel it from you. In what way? And that I feel like people. Let me, let me tell you my hypothetical. Because talking about us is hard, and that's why we're not doing that. That's why we're doing this instead. But I want to try and do this to help us build a muscle to have these other conversations later. Okay? But I look at someone doing something that I find objectionable with clearly negative consequences. I am trying to build empathy rather than just because this is my experience okay is the thing that we have described that we see them doing okay is the sort of thing that when our enemies do it to our friends it's easy to get indignant but when our friends do it to our enemies it's easy to excuse okay and so let me Give me a plausible uh, alternative explanation for pure spite. Again, you have advanced knowledge, I don't. You know, maybe when I read the story, I'll see what you see. Maybe I won't. We don't know yet, right? It's unknown. But I can imagine that the guy in the Regency came from a place where uh, the reality was he saw lots of British who were out there purely to exploit the people. And further, that this led to all sorts of violent uprisings and riots. Okay. And therefore, as soon as he saw something, and so he was deeply traumatized by this, maybe he had a boss who was wishy-washy and like, refused to take drastic action, said, hey, well, you know, those uh, boys will be boys. It's something we shouldn't really get involved, you know, and then things went horribly wrong. And he, saw, and he was traumatized by that experience. Okay. And so from his perspective, like the whole reason to be a regent is to ensure that the British do not exploit uh, the locals for their own private financial gain. Because he sees okay, that as the root of all evil. And that, is the, and that becomes the one problem that he is obsessed over and is terrified by. And therefore, as soon as he sees two or three dots that line up with that template, uh, he says, oh my gosh, this is exactly like Qatar all over again. This is going to end badly. I must do something now to make sure it doesn't happen. Okay. And therefore, what I, what, what I, let's call it selective pattern matching. I don't know what that means. Okay. It means that when you see uh, something that reminds you of a previous pattern, okay. you focus on all the data that matches mm. the mm. thing that you're afraid of, mm. rather than looking at all the data in context. Okay. Right. And and so what I, my perspective is that the thing that the the most likely thing 
that I think that the residency did wrong here based on the data that I can see. Because here's a couple of things that I notice, which you don't seem to take seriously. One okay. is that the residency officer seems to be embarrassed. He seems to be like really sad and upset that he has to do this. He's okay. not coming in with like a smug lip and like lording over saying, you, you have to do, right? Secondly, he seems, um, um, he's trying to have empathy for Tom because he said like, I don't suppose you'll be able to pay it back. So we need to find another solution, right? He could have come in and said, you are wrong. You have done an evil deed. You must pay $60,000. I don't care if it destroys your company or your life. This is what you must do. He did not come in with a heavy hand and issue an ultimatum um, without any consideration of Tom's circumstances. So it felt to me, so those are data points that I noticed, which, um, and the, the, Ernie, the other thing is that, we don't yeah. what we don't know is that this guy is acting on his own or his boss is telling him to do it. Possible his boss is telling him to do it. So that's probably why he yeah. was not unkind. He was uh, empathetic to Tom Carter. So from your right, perspective, but, but was... let me let me rephrase it. Okay. What okay. Said, okay. So mm -hmm. this guy had a background where uh, people cheated. Well, the decision maker people. Huh? Yeah. So whoever the decision maker is in this scenario, this guy or the boss or whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Had a background so, where, where they. From your. Uh -huh. So. From your point of view, it is justifiable to go ahead and make a decision without investigating it first, without talking to all the parties. No, 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 Yeah, no, no, exactly. So, Dad, justifiable is not the word I was using. I am not trying to justify or excuse you understand anyone. Nor am I trying to. Right, so, well, so you are looking at it the why word. he did that. Ernie, you are looking at it why he could have done that. What I'm looking but at is what he did. done. What no, 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 you said, I got to call foul on that. Why? You ascribed motive to what he did. You oh, said it spiteful. You used the word spiteful. Yeah. The, what that's, they that's did was spiteful. Action, that's a motive. Ernie, so how do, how, what they did was spiteful. What they did was spiteful. Why they did it make a difference? Sorry, define spiteful. I, I'm, I, maybe I'm completely lost. They're, they're kicking this guy out. They're kicking this guy out. They're kicking, exactly they're out. removing shackling. Okay, so yeah. let me understand you. Okay, and, and define spiteful for me because I have no idea how you're using the word. Can you? Spiteful, because they want to exercise can, their authority. So they right, go so and the say, question this is, is how you're going to do it. This is what you're going right, to do so, it. So, so, because sorry, I that so. sounds to me like, okay, so the, that comes across as authoritative. To me, spiteful implies something like jealousy or malice. Is that not how you you're using know. the word? But that, 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 I don't uh, understand what you're no, talking about. I don't understand the word spiteful. Okay, spiteful so what do you mean somebody by doing like, harm to another person? Spiteful is somebody doing harm to another person. Maybe I used the wrong word. Okay, so let's Somebody who's hurting another person. Somebody who's so hurting another so person. So, Dad, the only context I have for the word spite is like the um, cutting off your nose to spite your face, right? That, it's a sense of uh, doing something out of malice and anger. And if that's not what you meant, then let's just start the conversation all over again. Okay. Let's start the conversation all over again. Let's use the word injurious. 
He did, he did something okay. harmful to Tom Cutter. Yeah. Okay. 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 They did something harmful, harmful that, that harms, uh, and you know, and in particular to, okay, he did something that was harmful. Yeah. Okay. But you said that they did it because they had power. That's what I, I don't heard know you why say. they did it. They didn't investigate properly. They didn't investigate. They didn't talk to okay. the sheikh. Okay. So, but here's the question, right? So it's certain. They don't understand say, what, the, the motive. They didn't, any, they did not investigate. Yeah, I, they did not understand the motive behind the, the loan. Any of those things. Right. So what they I'm hearing you say, that. Dad. No, I get that. They made, so, a, so they made a decision. They made a decision to they hurt a, this guy without proper investigation and stuff. They did it because they could do it. Okay, so when you say because, that implies causation. Hmm. That's why that's why I don't I, know what I, you mean by I, that. I, when you when you said the you why you said we were discussing what they did. Yeah, that's okay, what so I'm we agree on. At. You are looking at why they did but, it. You are looking at why they did yeah, it without but, but, any, any you explanation. But, you don't know whether this guy had a previous experience or not. You didn't know that. You don't know that. You're looking at why without any facts that are available to you. I know what was done here. So I'm talking about what they did, not why they did it. Okay. Okay. So, so again, the way language you're using is confusing me. Okay. Well, I, so let me try to understand what you mean. English is not my first language, Marcus. Okay, tell me what I said. Tell me what I said. You said that you said that they did this because they have the power to do so. Exactly. When you say the word because there, I am interpreting that as cause and effect, which may not be what you meant. I've seen that happen time and again. The British government Sorry, did not what because they could do it. Because they are the people in power. They did it. They put Gandhi right. uh, in jail because they could do it. If so, they don't okay, like so what is happening, well, they so, don't understand so, so what is happening, they do it. They go ahead and do it because they can do it. They have the power. Okay, so this is. They're exercising the power. Right, okay. can, I, can we go back to Let the story? Me, um, why? There are more interesting things there. Okay, let's table this for now. Okay. Right? Because hmm. the, uh, this is an interesting dynamic uh, in our relationship, which we will probably not resolve today, but I will table it for a future <laughs> conversation. Wait, <laughs> what's that? No, you don't have to, Ma. You don't have to agree. You can still talk, you keep talking about that. I just well, I love I'm just requesting. No, I think it's a Given the amount of time, I think it's worth looking at some of the other issues to see if any of these things come up or whether they are in fact tangent. Yeah. I, I actually think it's actually a good idea to park this for now. Let's see what, what happens next. Yeah, okay, so what is, the, what is the other? No, there's another option. Okay. We can keep talking about the topic and uh, we can do this chapter again next week and look at what I was interested in. It, it, no, I, I want to see who the other things you're interested in. I, I don't think we can finish this right now. And this thing comes up for me in other places in this chapter. So I want to hear what you saw first as interesting things to discuss. Uh, here, the story starts with uh, Bujat Singh coming to England. Mm -hmm. To me, it was really, to me, really interesting because um, um, he comes in and he is really impressed with the England. 
And I, yeah. don't, I did not know it was like this, he says. I read about the green grass yeah. and fields and seen pictures and the cinema, but I did not know it was like this. So uh, it was a re uh, I was interested in how uh, he saw England, how he reacted to it. And then he meets a middle-class family because uh, mm -hmm. most Indians- working-class family, actually. Met, yeah, working-class family, yeah. not middle-class, working-class family. As most Indians, when we had an encounter with the European, especially the British, uh, we met either um, missionaries or we met uh, officers, uh, the government officers. So and last um, time you told me that that even the people who weren't those, like even people who were not upper class in England, insisted on being treated like upper class when they were in India, yeah, right? Right, right. So, yeah. um, so then um, here he actually goes and lives with them in the same house. And yeah. Uh, to me, the dad and mom really took to Gujarat, and to him, they, yeah. Yeah, really. Uh, they they talk to him, and they, he talks to them, and uh, uh, they really accepted him, which is really interesting to me, uh, because um, one of my grandfather's brothers went to England. You probably know the story. He went to study law, mm -hmm. and he um, stayed in a house, and then he fell in love with the girl next door, and he wanted to marry her. And there was no objection from the British, but my great grandfather said, "If you marry her, you will never see my face again." You know the story, right? Interesting. And, so, and he was old. He was the eldest son. He was the eldest son. Right. And if you marry her, I'll, you'll never see my face again. You'll see, never see a penny of my money. And my uncle, grand uncle said, "You can keep your money. <laughs> I'm good. I love this woman." <laughs> And he married her. <laughs> That's ah. a story for another day. Anyway, but you know, uh, so to me, there's a little parallel here. How uh, the working class family accepted Gujar as one of their own and uh, kind of took to him and uh, treated him very nicely. Uh, despite, that, you know, his, despite him having bristled at the way that they talked about Asiatics in general. Before. Yeah. Right, in, right. Yeah. In the concrete, when they actually met someone, they were really impressed. <laughs> I, I'm sure yeah. he wasn't quite what they expected either. And so, right. you know, there's the yeah. difference between the, the vision we get from movies versus the reality of encountering something face to face. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then okay. the other point in the story is uh, uh, the airline people really treated them well, and he was Cutter was really impressed with them. He keeps saying that the aircraft uh, manufacturer, yeah, huh? uh, the aircraft the manufacturer class, people, yeah, yeah. They treated yeah, Cutter because you yeah. know Cutter Cutter is a just a single guy. They're used to dealing with corporations and big big outfits, yeah. and they treated him really really well. And you know they uh, showed him how the thing works. They took him around and flew him around, and then. They they had their own hotel. They put him up, put both of them in their own hotel. And you'll yeah. find later on, uh, you know, Australia doesn't treat people that way, right? Well, I think that's an interesting uh, generalization, but go on. Mm. No, no, I mean, it's the next mm. chapter. Uh, 
That's chapter. No, 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 so, no that's chapter. Uh, no, that's, that's chapter six, right? We're still in chapter six. Same chapter. Okay, I forget. I forget. I read other things, right? So yeah, uh, uh, yeah. The the bureaucracy deals with that. But as this prime, this I'm really like the way the aircraft company dealt with him very nicely, and he really compliments them quite quite a bit on that. And, yeah. Um, then. Um, he uh, says goodbye to his mom, and again, this sentence there, he says, I'll try not to, mom, cheer up, I'll be back before long. And as I said that, I couldn't help remembering Pearl, because that's what I said to her. Yeah, he still hasn't forgotten that at all. That's still, in a, you know, that's, that's what you were saying, right? He still has, uh, bad feelings about what he did to Beryl. So, mm -hmm. And he says, bad when you got to say goodbye, he says. That was interesting to me. And, and then um, he comes to, um, he comes back to Bahrain, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And then he yeah, meets his sister. So the next thing that's interesting is that the sister. Yeah, the, the, the situation with the sister was quite interesting. Mm -hmm. On what many levels. What way, what way well, was one is, to you? One was that way we talked about how he was, you know, going away to, and his parents were convinced, you know, he'll never get married. And we talked about he was running away from the whole thing. But then mm -hmm. she's presented, and we don't really know what's going, I don't know what's going to happen there, but he simply remarks mm -hmm. on how pretty she is, which yeah. is, you know, mm -hmm. Don't worry, right? There's this young, marriageable woman who's his private secretary now. Like, hmm, right. okay, that feels like a plot twist to go somewhere. <laughs> the second thing, of okay. course, is that she is um, an alternate viewpoint into Shock Lin, uh, right? Because she sees him not as a guru or an employee, but as a simple family right. member. Right. And you know how they say that, you know, no prospect is uh, honored in his own family. Um, mm. And so she seems to be like Shockland's reputation um, is both uh, a physical blessing and an emotional burden, right? Physically, she's a lot safer because nobody in the souk would dare harm her. It's kind of yeah. concerned about. Yeah. But uh, she gets a bit weirded out by the fact that people are genuflecting to her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And right. not quite sure what's going on with that, you know? And Tom Cutter, as usual, tries to just ignore all of it. Um, mm -hmm. It's interesting to me also that he's concerned about her living in the soap. Um, he's, he doesn't know her at all, but in, in general principles, he's not uh, comfortable. He's chivalrous. Yeah. He's just... Could be, yeah. That's just his character, you know. Um, well, so... it's also, I think, very, it's very much a British cultural thing, right? Is that, you know. Mm. Uh, well, I, you know, and, and this, this is another thing that I bring up is mm. that, you know, for all the British uh, classism and racism and things like that, you know, compared to, say, um, um, I think who's, who's a good, you know, or the French, I will say, uh, mm. what I understand, the British did feel a certain moral obligation to those they considered their inferiors. 
Right. It wasn't yeah, much of one, but it was real. Yeah. And it was, it's, I think they definitely, uh, something that was kind of absent from the French, from what I've seen. Like French colonies tended to have very yeah. poor infrastructure. But they mingled with them very, very freely. <laughs> the French But any, but yeah. again, we cannot generalize. Well, think... yeah, let's go back to what you said about the British. I think. We may have to go with the British bureaucracy or a British uh, officialdom because we know a lot of Britishers. My godmother is the British lady. They are right. part of the family. And my you know, granduncle's yeah. wife is a, my cousin. I have cousins, second cousin, third cousin, so British. And, and uh, right. so I think uh, the majority of the British people are probably like mom and dad of Qatar. Well, but there's a lot of people who accept them as equals, but there's something else, though, which is that mm. there's something in British culture where mm. they have a very strict sense of superiors and inferiors, but there mm. was, at least to some extent, a sense in which um, the superiors were supposed to take care of the inferiors. There was mm. a, it, a, 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 like, contrast that with sort of like the the black-white distinction in, you yeah. know, where slaves have you know no respect at all, and you know one could make a case. Uh, I've heard this made. Mm. I don't know if this is true, but I remember reading this somewhere. That you know the British thought um, themselves as liberators more than conquerors. We are bringing the enlightened values of British civilization to these poor heathens, and there's a lot of imperialism and racism and white supremacy behind all of that. I don't disagree with that at all. But okay. the reality is that that also brought uh, some positive uh, aspects uh, in terms of how they educated and unified and industrialized a lot of these places uh, and ways that often came back to haunt them. Uh, and, and, and when I see the way he sort of... No, no, uh, no see, I think no, the, the, the British did a lot of good in India. The British did a lot of good in India. They, they uh, united India. And their judicial system, especially, is still there. And mm -hmm. the transportation, the, the, the trains and stuff like that, was very good. And to a major extent, healthcare, they, they provided healthcare. And uh, education, uh, even though not all of it was government sponsored, it was mostly uh, religious uh, organizations that did that, but still, it's all British. Uh, and so they did a lot of good things. Yeah. Yeah. The interesting thing is the way that, the one way to describe the way that he talks about this girl in, mm. in modern American language, we would see that as patronizing rather than chivalrous. And the line okay. between the okay. two is Could not be. that yeah. Uh, yeah. simple. We, and, and to me, this actually reminds me a bit of the issue mm. of the way the residency treats the sheik. It feels very patronizing to say, oh, this sheik has no idea what he's doing. Um, you know, we have to like protect him from anything that might, you know, make him make bad decisions. Um, but you know, to me, the line between chivalrous and patronizing is not always an obvious one. Right, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. So um, the other interesting thing that happened to me was um again going back to the other point that we were arguing about whole whole hour <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. 
uh, only 40 minutes when they are talking about you know talking about that uh, finally tom cutter shows him the uh, offer that the british company had made to him and he mm -hmm. refused it you know and that shows that these people didn't investigate properly if they had talked to him properly he could have explained all those things but instead of coming out like this so um he he says that i shan't do that because you and the residents have come to the conclusion that i am a bloody crook and the guy says that's a rather extreme language so then uh he she explains the whole thing and says you say that you have refused this offer that's right why he asked and then he explains why he refused that offer he feels really obligated it's a matter of principle because he's going to leave everything uh, a mess yeah also you know that he cannot leave the business like that and things like that and um and so um that was interesting to me that the residency had made a decision already interesting to me the residency already made a decision before even talking to him about this thing asking him questions they've already decided because uh, uh, that what he's doing is wrong so my point yeah, of view so, is so that is first talk to him first so here's the thing. And, uh, mm. so this is fascinating to me right so mm. the um the clear okay so the question so like i i have a hard time with absolute right and wrong that tom okay. cutter did the right thing and that mm. uh the residency did the wrong thing right it's more just to say okay where could they have done things differently right now the uh and then there's a question of you know consequences and causes right so, yeah. When I look at the British residency, it feels like what they did was they, what is the good thing that the residency is trying to protect? I think that's a fair you, question. You tell me. You tell me. Uh, peace. They, they don't like the idea of religious riots breaking out and destroying everything. And if you know there there were like remember if the imam had not, yeah, read the book yeah in the book it says that there was rumblings in the quarters and if exactly. the imam had not stepped in and yeah. calmed everything down there could yeah. have been a religious riot which would cause destruction right okay yeah, because so Tom of what Cutter, they did, uh, well, well, so they did the wrong there's two ways to look dead. Dead, dead. You can look at it that way. You can also look at it that this guy, Tom Cutter, yeah. working class guy, has no clue about the fact. He just takes this massive sum of money more than any of these people do. And he has some idea that this is a little bit irregular. Anyone other than, you know, because he says, like, these people are supposed to give their money to their children or for religious purposes, right? To give it away to business venture is a bit weird. He's aware of the fact that this is kind of an odd thing for him to do. Without any thought about the possibility of religious riots, without any thought about destabilizing, without any thought of, oh, by the way, this is a really extraordinary financial transaction happening between an Englishman and a sovereign nation. Maybe I should go 
and like let the residency know that I'm doing. No, he didn't know. He didn't care. It was never in his right. worldview. Right? Right. It didn't occur to him that it was even possible that he could have destroyed the entire state. We know that things like that have happened, right? There have been riots and massacres over all sorts of bizarre misunderstandings, right? No, Ernie, let me ask you a question. Hmm? We may have to stop with that. We may have to do this chapter again next week, but why do you think there'll be riots? Why do you think they, everybody thought there'll be riots? Why would people riot? Because they thought, because they thought, because I'll tell you why, because they saw a fact that Who? a the people, the people, they, 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 let me let me finish my sentence. Yeah, they saw. No, no, I want to know who. When you said they, who's they? That that um, everyone who was not part of the transaction. The reason for it is that the, the British leaders and the people on the street heard about a fact that a sheikh had given a large sum of money to a British business person, interest free loan, and they made up their own stories in accordance with their own worst fears. You want my version? And they thought, okay. To me, nobody in their kingdom would have thought that. Muslim people wouldn't have thought that. It's, it's normal to do that. Ujjar Singh says that. For you people, it's very difficult to understand that. For us, it's very easy to understand. And the Muslim culture is fine. And so the, the riots would have been because of what the British are saying, the riots would be. The, okay, so the you don't fight think would be against the, the what, British, what? not against the Sheikhs' action. Well, no, I understand that. No, but the issue is that the British took advantage of the sheik. That was the the narrative that the servants heard, and that rumors spread, which led to this civil unrest. I don't know about that. I have to leave that. What, 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 sorry, sorry. Okay, Dad. Like this was a central. Okay, so why don't you? Why don't we leave that as a homework item? Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. We'll leave it again. Okay. Here I show you. Right, so, so this is the point, Dad. And this is why, and I think the, the, this is the thing that is very near and dear to my heart, okay. is that it is easy to divide up the world into good guys and bad guys. Okay? And we know that. Things that are right. Yeah, and we, we agree right. with that. We agree with that. Yeah. Right. It's easy. But the thing is, is that the only way that I know to do that is via the law. Because we make a law and says, if you do this, you, if you obey this law, you're a good guy. If you break this law, you're a bad guy. No, 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 no. You think there's a different way? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gonna, you know, just because you just because you make a mistake doesn't make you a bad guy. Just because you break the law okay. doesn't make you a bad guy. No. We have to revisit this. What is this? This what you agree. There's missed... no good guys or bad guys. Nobody's dead, completely, dead. Evil, I... nobody's completely bad. Dad, you said the law says you break the law, you're a bad guy? No, I don't agree with that. Dad, you didn't hear what I said. And if I did not speak it clearly, let me try it again. Okay. I said it's easy to divide up the world into good and evil. And my statement was the easiest way to do that is to have a law 
and say, if you're on this side, you're a good guy. And if you're on that side, you're a bad guy. That was my statement. I'm not saying that's the only reason to use the law. I'm saying the law is the easiest way to divide up people into good and bad. Why do you pick, uh, bring the good guy, bad guy? They broke the law. They made a mistake. That doesn't make him a bad Sorry, guy. If somebody breaks the law, they become a bad guy? And if you don't break the law, you're a okay. good guy? Okay, so so sorry. Okay, so what, what I'm, I'm saying, I'm not saying that always happens. I'm saying that we have a desire. Okay, so sorry. Maybe maybe let me if I heard you correctly. Let me hear. Um, I'm not saying that we always use the law to divide people up into good and bad. I'm saying if we want to divide people up into good and bad, the law is the easiest way to do it. I need to think about that. I need to think about okay. that. So, okay, sorry, sorry, but let me just, I thought I heard you say something which I misunderstood. Um, uh, but this is actually a poor point. Do you think that the residency did anything against the law? What, what law are you talking about? I don't know. I mean, do you think they did anything illegal when they yes. issued this ultimatum yes. against? Did. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think they did. Yeah. Because so they didn't investigate it properly. They, yeah. They didn't investigate it at all. They didn't first they didn't understand the culture. Because Gujar Singh explains it to Tom Carter. Why the Sheikh gave it the money. If I was a resident, you will find that later on any the there's another resident comes and uh I hate to the disclosure here. understands the culture okay. and things work out better. Because the, the, this particular right. resident so, didn't investigate, didn't understand, and acted. Right. He made a, right. So he made a snap decision. Yeah. Right. Okay. And here's the thing that I would say that was unwise. But yeah, exactly. I have a hard time believing that that would be illegal under the rules he operated in. Because okay, here we, go. Understanding... we have to talk about next week. We have to talk about next week because here you are going again uh, to uh, okay. something that uh, totally different. So uh, they can do something wrong uh, and without investigating. If you if you act without well, investigating, you're doing something wrong. You're talking about illegal. Dad, so, Dad, so let's talk about due process. Okay. Yes. Because they I didn't think follow what we're process. talking about. Yeah. Right. And what's funny <laughs> is that okay. Let me make the larger point and leave it here. Is that so? You can get into argument of right and wrong in law, right? And the problem I have with law is that I'll go make a stronger statement. But I think this is not controversial. One of the main uses of the law is so that we know which behavior is in bounds and which behavior is out of bounds. That right. seems to be a fundamental purpose of a law. Right, right. right. Uh, but what's interesting is that maybe it's more so now than in the old days, I don't know. But I guess even not, because religious laws were around even before civil laws. Is that it's not just a question of inbounds and outbounds. There's a sense of right and wrong, good and evil attached to the other each side of the law. 
almost rely on that culturally, that people have sort of an instinctive regard for the law. We think it needs to be part of a civil society. It's good to obey the law and bad to break it. I know, but you're going way, way off. But, 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 but regardless, but let, me, let me make my because larger point. Because we're talking about two totally different things because you know, there were laws that were totally wrong. You know, the Jim Crow laws. Yeah, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Like, I'm, so. I, I, like I, okay, but, you know, one could imagine, uh, but, the, the, uh, so let, let me give you two examples of possible laws. And I don't know the British legal system, but let me just, from my American perspective, I could imagine that in this situation, there would be laws that say, or rules, let's just put it that way, rather than rules. There should be a rule that, uh, uh, you know, uh, foreign businessmen should not try to uh, uh, extract money from the local rulers. There could be a rule like that. It could be a convention. It could be a law, whatever, right? There could also be a rule that um, um, uh, that if a British citizen is accused of wrongdoing, there should be a full investigation and due process and things like that. There should also be a rule that in cases of emergency, the resident has extraordinary powers to declare martial law, do whatever steps it needs to take the peace, right? You could imagine that there would be rules or guidelines or principles that uh, govern you know, the, how the residency wants to govern relations between British subjects and so forth. Uh, and, and the locals, right? And all three of those laws on the face of them would have been, I think they'd be reasonable laws to have, rules to have, principles. You okay with me there? Okay, okay. Yeah. Right, okay. right. I and I think the interesting your, thing your is that, mm -hmm. it, 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 is that like, you can even imagine them being written down in a handbook somewhere, right? And the, the funny thing is that those are intention, right? Wanting to keep the peace, wanting to give people due process. Wanting, and in this case, it felt like for um, whatever reasons, we can speculate on later, he was focusing on the don't uh, exploit the native, take snap yeah. action to make sure it doesn't happen, and totally gave exactly. short shrift to the other principle, right? Exactly. Um, and an interesting question to me is not, and this is actually a big deal, and we'll get into this now, is, is that's still looking at it through the law, lens of the law. And I've been asking myself a lot lately this last month, what does it mean to look at this through the lens of grace? Okay. And a lot of people think grace just means uh, ignoring the issue. Like, well, I'm gonna have grace on this Tom Cutter file, like he may not have meant or whatever, let's not worry about it. But that ignores the fact that if there was genuine wrongdoing, you know, you still have to deal with the consequences. And so yeah. I'm not comfortable with that idea of grace as just ignoring the issues. It's saying, okay, it's, it's the same two things. One is that, okay. So I'm just saying my definition of grace, right? So my grace is, the definition of grace that I've been working on or with is the sense of like giving people what they need, what, not what they deserve, right? And to say that, well, okay, the graceful view is to say, rather than judging people purely on the consequences of their actions, we should be aware of the consequences of their actions, but try to understand uh, 
two things. One, where um, my perception of the situation may be inaccurate. And two, what may have motivated them, uh, what, what was in their mind that, they were, that what they thought they were doing was difficult. I can certainly imagine as a resident seeing this thing happening and like, what was this guy thinking carrying on this massive transaction in violation of all sorts of cultural norms that could potentially cause a mess and not even telling anyone. My, my, you know, I can imagine being a story, my first is to say this person, and then he just flies off and leaves us here. Like, uh, it, it'd be easy to see Tom Cutter as irresponsible and cavalier uh, and all these things, which his actions looked like that from a frame of reference. But from a different frame of reference, it's like this guy's this poor, struggling, working class guy trying to eke out a living in the middle of nowhere. He doesn't know anything about politics or protocol, and he doesn't even occur to him that he could even talk to the people at the residency because they're in such a different social class than him. Like, you know, things that seem obvious to them don't seem at all obvious to Tom Cutter. And what I would have wanted from the residency, the residents, is to A, be aware that their perceptions are not necessarily the whole truth, and B, that the people who do the things that we perceive as wrong um, may be operating in a different reality than we do, which is just as valid for them as ours is for us. And to me, that is the interesting thing about grace. Is it doesn't deny the fact that sometimes you actually do have to make snap judgments in a moment of crisis, but it's like realizing that the law itself is that trying to judge based on law is inherently dangerous compared to a judgment based on grace. Okay. Did I lose you completely? Yeah, all you said is correct. So from what okay. I'm understanding it from my, you're talking about it from a different point of view, which I cannot place myself in because I am a former colonial, was ruled by the British, so I, my background is totally different from what you have. And you are extending grace. This is my final statement. We're going to stop. It's 3.15. You yeah. are extending a lot of grace to the Regency, and that's a very noble thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I will use that as our episode title because <laughs> we're giving these verses here. And so, um, we have you know, to do this chapter again. I want to read the next chapter and find out what happens because I feel like I'm on a cliffhanger here. Okay. Uh, but we can we can relitigate this here. Uh, later, <laughs> okay. if you want, but I will. I will well, read so, after. That's my final statement. You're extending a lot of grace to the uh, regency. Yeah, and, and they did that's, not that's extend good. grace to that's From your point yeah. of view, I think that's yeah. very good. Yeah, from your perspective, yeah. it's very good. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting to see. And you have to uh, allow me to look at it differently, also. You have to allow me the grace to look at it from a different point of view. Yeah, and, and you know what's funny, right? Is that during this conversation, I think it's fair to say. I may have had more grace for the Regency than I had for you. And that's something I had <laughs> no, for no, myself. No, no, that's, no, no, no. You were just trying to make your point. That was okay. Yeah. But, 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 but I think that it's but not a real thing. We don't have that. No, but no, we don't have to agree. You know, realistically, you know, when I felt like you were kind of taking a hard line there, I got a little offended. 
uh, because of my background and history and past and experiences. Exactly. And so it was exactly. harder for me to extend grace to you. And yeah. that's an interesting insight as well that I will ponder <laughs> and maybe it will come up again next week or some, some other conversation. Probably, probably. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Thank you, Dad. This was great. I really appreciate it. Okay, bye. I love you. Love you too. Bye-bye. Good. Uh, good. Bye-bye. Okay. Thank you.